And I'm Kahi. And we're the Genshin, Genshin Guys. Welcome all. This podcast is for fans of Genshin Impact, the mobile game made by Hoyoverse, formerly known as MiHoYo. Here we talk about our opinions, experiences, and dreams about Genshin Impact. If you like our show, don't forget to subscribe on Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever you are listening to the podcast. Kahi, how are you doing today? Doing rather well. Um, that long day at work doesn't seem to be nearly as tiring as i thought uh, still energized ready for the good long discussion of this podcast a lot of fun topics some pretty touchy topics but we are definitely going to have a lot to talk about in this first week of sumaru how about you josh how are you ready and prepared for the podcast uh same here kahi just excited been playing sumaru excited to see what's going to happen next excited for new characters you know work has just been work and i'm glad to play genshin it's really really fun um like you said today is going to be a big episode um so for those of you listening i hope you stick with us till the end uh we are going we are going to be covering a bunch of different topics now for today's topics we're going to go over our usual my week in genshin we're going to talk about genshin news we're going to talk about sumeru first impressions dendro element impressions and we're going to talk about a little bit about cultural representation in Genshin and the debate that is going around this topic in the community today. And, um, you know, this remember, this is a podcast of our opinions. So, you know, of course, we believe that people are entitled to their own opinions. And, um, you know, we just want to, of course, in the name of positivity in the community spread, um, you know, the good discussions, you know, important discussions. And I think that this is one of those. Um, but we don't want to go too deep into it, um, but we, we, we do want to touch on the subject a little bit and give our two cents in the discussion today. Um, and then uh, lastly, we will be talking about our community discussion question um, responding to last week and then also giving you guys a new question to talk about as well. Okay, so that being said, Kahi, are you ready to go? Ready when you are. All right, let's do it. So firstly, let's talk about our weeks in Genshin. Now, uh, Kahi, how was your uh, week in Genshin? Um, first week exploring Sumeru. I have been getting sidetracked like crazy. I have, this is the only time I remember getting this lost, uh, in a good way, in a new environment, in a new town, in a new city, in a new place and zone. Just going through everything, trying to find everything. I always want to do everything, solve every puzzle, but I know I have to. I have to go on this quest line i have to leave that alone but man it is i've never had so much fun getting lost in a game like this before uh oh it's just it's just so good there's just so much to do i i love it it's the, every time there's like a content drop for any kind of game and then suddenly there's this big release and then everyone's trying to do everything as fast as they can sometimes people like to stop and smell the sumaru roses along the way but yeah <laughs> i've been I've been really loving this patch. It's everything is just beautiful. What about you? Like, what's your first impression? Uh, yeah, I mean, same. Like, I love exploring, getting lost, like checking out all the new stuff. You know, um, there's a lot of stuff, of course, they didn't really like tell us in the updates, in the live stream, you know, it's stuff that they left us to find on our own uh, in the game itself. And, um, you know, one thing that was really interesting that uh, my friend did actually was she didn't 
unlock any of the statues of seven except for the very first one and then just explored the map she went looking by herself for the the bosses that were announced the you know the electric flower and the um the dinosaur mushroom <laughs> i forgot the names i haven't actually uh gone there yet in my game either but she looked for those and all the domains um just by exploring right because she knows and i know a lot of people are like this too that if they just rush and do everything then they're not gonna have anything left to do before the next uh expansion yep. to keep uh, the next update mm -hmm. right to keep you going so it's better not to rush sometimes especially if uh, genshin is your main game um, and so, yeah, I thought that was really interesting because I tried that a little bit myself. I, I unlocked a couple of the Statues of Seven, but then when I was exploring the areas where I didn't have them, I just said, forget it. I'm not going to go for the Statue of Seven and let me just see what I can find. And it's really interesting because, you know, like you're looking at something and you're like, oh, you like look at the map sometimes to check something. But when the map isn't there, you got to be like, well, I just got to use my eyes then, you know, and it's a really interesting uh, feeling to be able to do that again after being so used to the uh, existing maps of used to Inazuma and and um, Liyue and everything, right? Um, very different feeling than adding a new instance like underground area like Enkanomiya or the Chasm or even the uh, the Golden Apple Archipelago. Like, you know, we know that those are little contained areas, but we're adding a, a part of the entire world um, right now, the world map, and that is a really, really cool thing. Uh, of course, you know, the, we have only gotten the, the jungle rainforest part of Sumer so far, and we have yet to see the desert part which is going to be another huge awesome interesting exploration i'm hoping uh, but we'll talk a little bit more about sumer first impressions um in a little bit but definitely been a lot of fun now uh, you know our weeks in genshin um are going to be we're going to be talking about like i said earlier our sumer impressions dendro and uh, a lot of our weeks in genshin have been you know thinking about these things because they're new so before we start talking about those impressions um, real quick, I want to go over just uh, some quick snippets of Genshin news for those of you that um, are not been following the Twitters or uh, have not seen the new information. But just really briefly, uh, Genshin news. <laughs> so to um, not today. So on the twenty sixth of August was Ningguang's birthday. Woo, Ningguang! Right? I think a lot of us really like Ningguang. She's great. She's the uh, the four star that should have been a five star in a lot of people's eyes. I know I feel that way. She is a really, really cool uh, character. And uh, yeah, it was her birthday on the 26th. And um, in terms of events, uh mentioned this last week on last week's episode as well, but there is the Vago Mundo Zhongli fan art contest that is going until September 3rd. So you may have a couple days uh, left by the time you hear this podcast to be able to do it. So if you haven't submitted your Zhongli fan art, go for it. And the other thing I want to mention is the Genshin Teleport event. And uh, the Genshin Teleporters popping up in real life um, all over the world in different areas. Um, I'm really lucky because at first Japan wasn't on the list, but because I live in Tokyo, um, I saw that there was a new tweet that was posted where in Shibuya in Tokyo, they're going to have a teleporter. It's actually was up as of yesterday and I'm going to go tomorrow and check it out. So I'm really excited. I'll post some pictures uh, on the Twitter too, um, just so you guys can see what it looks like. And um, in regards to that teleport event, they also announced that there is a TikTok event uh, where if you upload videos of the like going to see the teleporter or involving Genshin, like you can get some Primo gems as rewards. So check that out if you are interested. It's going to be running for I believe a couple weeks or a week or so. 
Um, anyway, that's all the news. Not too much news today in regards uh, to Genshin things. Obviously, they are dealing with, we are all dealing with Sumeru being released and learning more about that as we go. But I would love to start talking about Sumeru. Let's get to it. Let's talk about our Sumeru first impressions. So first thing I'd like to talk about is Sumeru itself, right? The area, the exploration, the music. So Kahi, what was your favorite area that you found so far? I think so far, the it's not really like one contained area, but I like that the long running river that turns into like a waterfall that turns into like a port town it runs throughout the mm. whole region i like i like that because it gives you like more than just a road to follow it gives you like a shallow you know uh a shallow like water eh, like pond that you can go to and just get you have another way to just get lost it's you're at, you're at the bottom of this ravine and this canyon and then you just you see you still find more resources because you have a lot of resources that grow near the water you have you always run into mobs so it's just it feels better than just following a dirt road so it's 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 more a, it's a completely new uh path in throughout the throughout the zone uh, if i had to pick an actual place though uh the city sumeru city is actually really really well designed like it's very it's it's clean it's molded with nature the buildings are very very shiny you can go into a lot of the buildings like there's a lot of restaurants there's a lot of um doors that just open right up into like another downward area where you go into the story but i just like how how full it is this this whole place is just stuffed with all kinds of hidden little pathways and little things to discover and even you can tell there's a great amount of care that went into the design of this place it just even since day one there's always an intention behind why this road goes here, why this road goes there, why is there an open space over here? It's gonna be for something else later on. It's just so well crafted. It's it's so pretty. Um everything and everything is shiny. Everything is just breathtaking. Every single view, every time I go over a hill, I see a whole new like forest right below me and then I go over that hill. It's a whole new city over here. It's just great. I'm I'm just loving the the scenery in this place. Yeah, you know, like um, one of the things I really like about Sumer so far is like the verticality of it. And it's really interesting because they added this new mechanic where you can kind of slingshot to these little stars. Little, like, oh, I love levels. that. It's so satisfying. Like, like there's not like a real story explanation for that. <laughs> it's more of a gameplay thing. But um, it's really cool because it gives them the freedom to create maps that go like that have vertical, like really tall layers. Um, and you can go up these giant mushrooms, giant trees, you know, um, different layers of the jungle, even different layers of the city. And you can, they help you travel around faster. And, and this is cool because you don't have to have a character that runs faster. You don't have to have a character that um, uses less stamina or like that glides, you know, with less stamina or whatever. Um, oh, you, you just can... reminded me about something. Like when, oh, yeah? do, do you do a lot of climbing? Have you been climbing yeah. a lot of the walls? Did you ever notice like those glowing yellow flowers usually near the top? Oh, of yeah. The yeah. They give the you stamina, stamina flowers. Yes, yeah. you can aim for the flower instead of the ledge. So you're like, just let me reach the flower. I'm good. Yes. <laughs> it makes you yeah, feel so like you accomplished something. It's great because like they've added, you know, ways for you to explore no matter what character you're using. 
and make it an enjoyable experience. Because imagine if you didn't have those elements. And for those of you that have already been exploring Sumeru, imagine trying to find a way to climb and conserve stamina going up these giant trees or giant cliffs or giant mushrooms. And I think that they really did a good job like thinking about the experience and how um, smooth it is to be able to to move from one area to the next or one layer of the area to the next. And um, I really like that about Sumer so far that I can feel free to jump down because there's probably going to be a way for me to get back up and without having to like teleport back you know, different, like far away or, or whatever. And so, yeah, I think that that's a really cool part of um, Sumer so far for me. And, um, oh man, and as far as like a, a specific area, I also really love the uh, the port, right? And the, and the music involved there. So definitely um, if you haven't been there yet, I would say just go there and just listen to the music. <laughs> it's really good. And the port town itself is very creative i think um and really uh, interesting because right? it's way different yeah port yeah, ormos port so it's ormos. way different yeah there we go. than uh than like leeway's port right leeway harbor so um super super interesting um and yeah so you know we just also just thought that you know for you new players who have not started the area or have not gotten to explore yet you know what are some things you might want to think about while you're exploring, right? Um, and any advice or tips that we have for you for exploring Sumeru? Like, for example, looking for those like little sparkles or using um, there, what there are plants that like create those little sparkles that you use Dendro on that you encounter pretty early on um, and finding those to open up new paths for you to explore. Like Kahi, do you have any, any uh, recommendations or advice to give our new Sumeru explorers? Uh, a lot of you by now have experimented with cooking, like, and a lot of you are always stockpiling things that give you health or things that give you, um, you know, re resurrections and uh, attack and crit, all that stuff. Uh, but there's never really been a need for the stamina foods. You are going to want to craft some stamina foods because there's a lot of really tall cliffs. You're going to kick yourself for going down this one path and finding out that you have to go all the way up the, to the other side. Crafting things that reduce the amount of stamina consumed uh, while sprinting and climbing has been invaluable. I cannot tell you how many times I've had to actually climb things that I didn't intend to, or just I wanted to run more, or I'm trying to run away from something, or I'm trying to like fight some mobs. And because it's such, there's areas that are kind of like close knit there, I can't really run farther away. So like being able to use more stamina in a fight, even some people maybe aren't really, I don't know, didn't have their teams made because they have to add like the Dendro Traveler to their group or have to use elements that they don't want to keep swapping away from or even a bow character because there's a lot of bow puzzles. Craft stamina foods and definitely, definitely build a team that has the elements that interact with Dendro. Uh, we mentioned this in a previous episode too, but it has, it has always come up where... I needed pyro because I needed to destroy something. I needed dendro, of course, to like bring something to life. I needed hydro because I needed to make something bloom or I needed electro to activate the mushrooms. All of those things are present in the open world. Please try early to make a team. If you haven't started anything in Sumeru yet, you're definitely going to want to do that. Otherwise, you're going to keep switching the characters in that menu and it's just going to slow you down considerably. It becomes so like menial in it becomes annoying, but try try to experiment with that. 
craft some stamina foods and then yeah feel free to explore some more but beware of the blue <laughs> beware of the blue quests because they are very long and they sidetrack you like crazy then i don't think any other blue quests in any other previous zone took me on such a far away journey from the place i was supposed to go like originally on the side of the road you know the quest i'm talking about right yeah i know the one you're talking yeah. about <laughs> yeah um this is yeah this is an expansion that is easy to get sidetracked like crazy yeah which is cool and you know it's something that i think um is nice you know considering we just came from inazuma mostly where like they're separated by islands so everything was pretty contained and um also you know sometimes you just didn't want to like go across the water or, or whatever it is so using the boat and um i think that that you know that's some solid advice you know when you're exploring it helps to have team members of the different elements to be able to interact with different things as well um so yeah and also don't forget you know if this applies to you uh having those characters that give you the passive talents of using less stamina right so amber and kole give you um less uh reduced stamina usage while gliding and um kazuha and i believe it's kaya oh no razor uh, maybe all of them actually give you reduced stamina while running um and shao gives you reduced stamina while climbing and um you know those are just things like if you those are the characters you already are using that you already enjoy using then of course like you know if you use them you have an extra benefit um so that's really cool to your whole team too as well as using if, you know, maybe you're not deciding right now you don't want to use a team with all four people or maybe you have, you know, these certain characters built up. Uh, having two animal characters for the resonance uh, gives you uh, faster stamina, a recharge time and less stamina used, um, reduced stamina usage as well. So definitely don't forget about those while you're building your team. Uh, if, you know, depending on what you want to do, if you want to run around, if you want to climb something, you know, depending on the situation. You have a lot of options, uh, depending on the characters you have, too, as well. Now, um, another thing I suggest, and I pretty much suggest this, and I didn't realize this a long time ago. I kind of, this is something I wish I would tell myself a long time ago. And it's, you know, a lot of people do this, but collect everything, right? All of the exclusive, yes, please. right? You're... The exclusive uh, to Sumeru um, resources, the Sumeru roses, the uh, parisadas, the... Um, the Hara fruits, like all of those things, like pick them up while when you see them. Like, do not. Oh, the mushrooms. Oh man, those mushrooms. I forgot what they're called, but the like like sukdawa mushrooms or something like that. Definitely want to grab those as soon as you can. The, those are used for Kale. So if you you know need to, if you're planning on leveling her up, those are useful for her as well. Um, so don't forget those as you're running around. Um, and you'll definitely have to use it for some character at some point in the future. So. Always a good idea. One thing about the mushrooms uh, for Kale. Okay, so I'm looking at the what she needs to ascend. So there's, I don't know if this is a typo or if I'm just misunderstanding, like how the how the map works. So the Rukoshava mushrooms that you need to level up Kale or for her ascension. So those things say found in the wild. Recommendation found in the Ashavan realm or. The third recommendation found in the Avidia Forest. Now, on the map, the Avidia Forest is like the first place you go into, right? That's where you meet Kale and uh, other people by the, their own little mini tree. And then 
then they send you off onto Sumeru. But that first area, that is the Avidia Forest. Mm-hmm. All the way between there and the main city is the Avidia Forest. And all the way from there up north to the next Statue of the Seven is the Avidia Forest. And all the way down to uh, above the above where Port Ormos is, that is all the Avidia Forest. I went through the whole thing. There is not a single one of these mushrooms. <laughs> you know where I found them? All the, the way up north jungle. in the Lakapala jungle. <laughs> it's a typo, I swear. Because it makes sense when you look at it, like all those mushrooms, those bright yeah. blue mushrooms looks exactly like what you want. It's not even in the video forest. So I warn that's a, you, that's please. That's a good point. Yeah. Oh, go there first. Go there if you're trying to level up Kali. Don't waste your time yeah. looking all over the jungle. It's in the mushroom, the giant mushroom trees. <laughs> and, and for those that you don't that don't already use this, um, it is really useful to use the Hoyaverse app and to take out the interactive map. And the interactive map can help you find uh, on the map where these things are located. So that helps as well. Officially, you know, from Hoyaverse. And they also have like for example, if you're trying to level up a certain character, they show you how many materials you need ahead of time. So even if you don't, for example, you haven't gotten Kole yet because you haven't done her quest yet, uh, or you didn't get her, um, if you, yeah, if you just don't have her yet, then you can um, see what materials she'll need so that you can know ahead of time. And it'll be the same thing for when the new characters that are announced, uh, that were already announced, like, um, you know, uh, well, for now, I think Dory, right? So, so Dory, if you need her... Uh, materials like once she's released in the game then in the Hoyaverse app she'll be there and you can calculate like what materials she'll need and then you can use the interactive map to find them um, but if you are collecting them as you go you'll probably need to do less farming and you will have some already available in your inventory so don't forget that as well Ooh, another tip um, in regards to resources as well but just for also story and for you know immersiveness for those of you that want to immerse yourself in the world a little bit talk to as many NPCs as you can the NPCs actually give you a ton of resources. They give you free stuff. And, um, you know, they tell you about the world and the story and that character and that location. And, and it's really interesting. Sometimes you find out things about other characters, right? And they're this hinting. brings me to the point mm-hmm. that, yeah, they're hinting at other things that, that uh, other characters have done. And this brings me to the point where um, Kahi actually wants to share some details about the story, about Sumeru, some of the, the things that we've, we've heard and seen in the story that are not major spoilers. So we're not going to give you major spoilers. We know that uh, you guys, maybe some people haven't finished the story yet. We haven't finished the, all the available Archon Quest story yet. But um, you know, from what we've seen so far, uh, Kahi wants to share some stuff with us. So um, me too, I'll be hearing it for the first time as well. So Kahi, uh, go ahead and take it away. All right. So early on, when you get into... Uh, Sumeru for the first time. There's a few people along the roads uh, in the first tree forest village. Uh, one of them is a traveling merchant. Um, she, there's, your quest doesn't want you to talk to her. You just walk past her. She's just on the side. Um, what made me want to talk to these people is because when I see traveling merchant, I usually think, oh, maybe this is actually a, an NPC or a vendor. No, no, not a lot of them are. So if you see traveling Same. merchant, they're... They don't sell anything. That sucks. I uh, got my hopes up, but yeah, don't waste your time. But still talk to them. Now, the next one is so you remember well when we did our first episode, we were talking about like, oh, who's some good resources to look into for maybe gameplay or combat or lore and stuff. 
so this this guy i still subscribe to on youtube because he brings up really cool videos uh this guy cat in blue hat cat in the blue hat he he actually brought up something about catherine catherine is not just like the 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 guild vendor behind you know the adventurers guild that little desk apparently she's out and about now but it's not a major spoiler it she's not like a big figurehead in the story but she brings up something uh, it's like a a sideline here it, it says uh was saying and doing the, the same things over and over again can get pretty monotonous like watching the same fontaine movie day after day so the the name pops up again fontaine this is I don't know if Fontaine was mentioned in a lot of other lore earlier, but Fontaine movie. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't know how technologically advanced this world is right now. We have a camera which can take pictures, but even that was regarded as like crazy wild technology. Fontaine Mm. has full on films and movies. Mm. So it kind of hints to the culture a little bit because they value, you know, visual art. I'm assuming there's going to be a lot of, you know, a lot of fancy stuff going on over there because right. what is I it? I mean, a, supposedly French-based. Yeah, that's right. So it's going to have a lot of artistic, very, very, like, stylish, you know, architecture and, and culture. So mm-hmm. they're known for movies. So apparently they may be also more technologically advanced than perhaps even Liyue. So that's going to be more of a futuristic part did you i mean they're they're um remember like all the uh all of the engineers and stuff come from there right like from Fontaine. oh yeah people like oh i guess people with mechanics mechanical stuff yeah so like the the guy who does the movies in inazuma who like helped you to take down the uh the big purple barrier and um also he's from fontaine and then also the guy who did the um the gear puzzle from the previous event um oh yeah, yeah yeah Mm-hmm. Um, the, another Fontaine person that we know is, um, uh, who is it? Uh, uh, wait, this is a really important thing. Well, there's one, there's a Fontaine traveling merchant going around in Sumeru. His balloons always catching on fire. What was his name? Legoff? Le, oh yeah. Legoff or Le, Le Jeff. Might have, mm. might have been. It's I don't know how name. to pronounce it. <laughs> Yeah. We don't know how to pronounce any names in Genshin, apparently. Yeah. Man, I'm trying to remember. Ah, Fontaine, important things. I'm trying to remember. Ah. Eh, we'll think of it eventually. Yeah. Oh, but this one, this next one's important. And it's incredibly important. It's it's probably the most earth shattering like revelation I've ever I've ever heard. Uh Dea is a Sundere. <laughs> it's confirmed. It is confirmed. Totally confirmed. Yeah. And for you see the picture in the is what for people who don't know? <laughs> okay, so oh, actually, Josh, do you want to explain this one? You might have a little bit more background knowledge on this topic. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So sundere is a Japanese word. Um. Usually used for like a female character, usually in anime, um, who switches from being like you know, um, uh, very cold, and like showing no interest in like the person who is like supposedly like the main character or the main love interest. Um, but then like s- just switches to being like a-, a cutesy or soft and sweet person. So like they're like go from tough and cold to soft and sweet. And uh, that's like called sundere. So there's a part where you, 
where you meet her, she does that signature move. She closes her eyes. She turns away, nose up in the air, like, I didn't really care, or this is not how I usually act, or I'm just gonna... <laughs> I'm just gonna do my own thing. She's she's such a great character. She's she is hilarious, but great great design, great great personality. I thought she was gonna be like really like super mean and tough and like because she's a mercenary, but apparently not. She has a soft spot. I thought that was pretty funny. But she did that signature move is hilarious. Oh um, yeah. Oh oh, I remember the the Fontaine wasn't mm -hmm. the guy who was the the guy who made the um. The machine that made the hallucinations in the Golden Apple Archipelago in the last event, he was from Fontaine. That the Fatui kind of brought him there, right? Like that machine. Yeah, was his. you're more. That's more than likely true. I forget his name, but yeah, he was like just a, an engineer who was just being overworked. I if I, right. you can kind of tell like by the name, it kind of sounds French or like some kind of like mm -hmm. Western European thing. So yeah, yeah you're more like than likely Francis correct. Or mm -hmm. savior or whatever. Right. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. That just that was bothering me. <laughs> um. Okay. So Dea Sundere. Um. And I guess I'll kind of skip through the the other ones because I don't want to really give a lot of spoilers because I don't know where everyone is at yeah. in the story. But just like just remember the name Scarlet King. Some of the other characters are going to bring them up. But the last one I want to bring up before we move on to some other topics is mm. uh, Lisa. You all remember our, mm. everyone's favorite favorite electro character from the beginning, Lisa. You know, her idol animation, uh, a lot of people, I don't know if they remember this, but her idol animation, she pulls out like this purple flower. Um, and her whole, you know, burst is pulling up a lamp. Uh, and her whole kit is around like electricity being like very elegant and flowery and very, I guess, ornate with, with what she does. Um, the Sumeru Rose is what she pulls out in her idol animation. So that's where she got it from. So she might have more connections to this place than we think. Either I mean, we know she learned her her crafts from this place, but mm. her signature thing is the rose, which came from Sumeru. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. All right. So yeah. So this actually, when I was streaming, I I, I talked about this because I saw this and I was like, huh. Ah. Wasn't there you go. wasn't this the was. Th this the rose or was it just a generic rose that you give her the first time you go on a date with her in her mission you remember that i should you can choose you can choose <laughs> what to give her and she reacts differently based on what you give her and like you can give her a rose and she's like um i don't remember if it said sumer rose if it was just a rose but um like she was really like oh wow like wow you know exactly my taste or something like that i mean obviously she's mm -hmm. known as witch of purple rose and um yep uh yeah actually like there were some really interesting i don't want to spoil anything especially if you haven't done it yet kahi but there are some uh npcs that talk about her and her legacy in the academia and uh i don't want to spoil it yet so yeah it's really really cool i really like like it's making me want to use lisa but i I know i'm going to use lisa on my uh on my other main account when i when i just uh start my america account with uh with no gotcha roles um so uh but yeah anyway uh She's cool, and you know, Dendro has made her a lot more interesting, which we will talk about um, in a moment. Yeah, it's a good uh, segue but... into this. Yeah, we can start. Yeah, yeah, we can start talking about Dendro itself and how like you can revitalize old characters into new teams. Yeah, you want to start? 
You want to start yeah, with this? Yeah, sure. One? So, so thanks for um, going through the, those little story things. There's some really, really interesting things. Um, when you talk to the NPCs, if you care about the story and uh, the lore, definitely, definitely talk to as many NPCs as you can, and uh, you know, try to pick up on these like, you know, little things that Hoyaverse has dropped along the way um, about characters we already supposedly know about, right? Like Lisa being brought up now a lot because this is where she studied. Um, is like a really interesting thing because you know not only is Lisa not played that much in terms of like you know character meta and all these things, but um, you know she just hasn't been uh, that present in the story either, and now she's kind of coming back in like a you know reference. She's being referenced a lot, so she's coming back in that way. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if she just showed up, to be honest. And like you oh, know, that'd it'd be, be really great. cool if she Lisa just shows in. up in the story. Yeah, because like you know why not? So. So anyway, um, so yeah, so those are some, you know, first impressions of Sumeru. And now we want to segue over to Dendro, like we were saying. Let's talk about Dendro a little bit, right? So, you know, like we were just saying, so Dendro has brought up a lot of characters from the depths, from nobody was talking about them, nobody was using them for one reason or another. And Dendro has, as a new reaction, has brought a lot of characters out that are Electro, um, and even some Hydro characters, I believe, as well. But, um, you know, the element itself is really, really interesting. Um, how, how has your, been, your experience been with Dendro so far, Kahi? Have you, like, created any fun teams? Anything interesting? Like, what do you like about it? What, what, what do you think? Like, do you think it's strong? Like, let me know your impressions of Dendro. So, I, I didn't know. They didn't even say it was going to do this, but... Dendro, the application, lasts longer than any other elemental application, even mm. while it's reacting to the others. So you notice how if you ever you know mix hydro and electro, once like they react, they, like the new the new element is applied and kind of takes over because it just caused that one instance of damage. But Dendro stays on while the other element is being applied to it constantly. So you have two elements being applied to it at once. That's that that's huge. Because you can get more elemental reaction damage. Um, so a lot of teams that can typically be weak actually now can interact longer and more and get more elemental mastery uh, procs off of it. Because either the original problem was their, their attack damage isn't as high of a scale, but if you just stack a whole bunch of elemental mastery on them, then of course now they're going to do way more damage in the long term. So... The team that I went into Sumeru with was Klee, because I got her like by accident. Um, but I have Kuki Shinobu and Kole and Yalan. Now, this particular team is really solid because you have bows, you have a dendro applier, you have every element that you need to interact with everything in this in this zone. But Kole's ability, uh, when you throw her boomerang. Um, it's one of her talents. When you throw a boomerang and it causes an instance of dendro, if you can cause a reaction with dendro, by the time the boomerang comes back, you emit like a, a small little AoE of dendro damage constantly around you, which is perfect synergy with Kuki because her skill is an AoE attack and a heal 
and it's going to constantly interact with that dendro aoe so kuki just got even more stronger <laughs> with this one she's not weak at all even the most balanced character is now way way stronger my colleague is only at level 50 and i'm still taking out like npcs that in like only a few hits um clee just does incredibly like strong charge attacks you know um you know the the battle pass weapons did you ever get the green the green bowl what was it called um yeah veritas and hunt veritas hunt yeah are you using that at all yeah i use it on child okay this is great because it pulls everyone in and it it just pulls all the opponents in and i bring out kooky all of them get hit i bring out Klee, and i do one charge attack it hits everyone even yelan because she has her skill that makes her run fast so once you when you are trying to run and you run out of stamina you just use her ability you can keep running while you're recharging your stamina so it's it's a good you know exploration ability as well as hydro application but this particular team tells me that i need i i think i do need to roll for kokumi do you have kokumi by the way or no it's the only character i'm missing oh my god so there's this it's the stupidest reason why i need kokumi even though i have a hydra applicator so remember my team is klee kale kuki and yalan if i replace yalan with kokumi i have a 4k team <laughs> that's literally the only thematic reason oh my why god i kind of want to roll for kokumi no it makes wait, sense wait 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 call, wait call it call it starts with a c it's a K sounds. I get this. I get to use I that. I get to say okay. 4K. I get okay, alliteration. Like, it makes I get you. Sense. I have a healer. I have a, all the elements I need. I have. I actually needed Kokomi for other teams, but this one, I found by accident. <laughs> if I don't get Kokomi, yeah. I have a good team. But it's just, God. <laughs> it's yeah. So Kokomi has been has come out pretty strong because of Dendro. Um, so that you know, it's really really cool to see kokomi doing like aoe water dendro hydro bloom damage with healing <laughs> it's, it's really awesome um but uh yeah what, what about you did you find a cool team or did you find uh a combo that you didn't expect to be that good or what, what's going on with your compositions yeah i mean i so like i actually switch my characters out while i'm exploring like i don't mind um but for me, I really, really enjoy using the Traveler, which is awesome because, like, I love the Traveler. I did not and the Traveler's that. cool. Yeah, yeah I, I don't have so I don't They're have. Good um, now. I don't. I don't have. I have male Traveler, so I have Sora or uh, Aether, but I don't have the female one, and um, which doesn't mean anything. But I just wanted to tell you that so you know. <laughs> and so, um, but I, I, I love using him because, like, of the story purposes like when when i'm doing the main archon quest i usually love having the traveler out just to kind of feel like i'm playing his game you know like i'm playing like the story as the traveler going through everything because you know when you when you talk to an npc that's important for the story you just turn into the traveler anyway so it's a lot smoother when you um, are already the traveler and you just go up to him but up until now being the traveler has always been sort of a um kind of like He's kind of like a dead spot on the team because most of the time his abilities don't really, unless you build around them, his abilities don't usually help that much or not that useful, and at least in the way I play the game. And so up until now, I've pretty much only used Animo Traveler. But now the Dendro Traveler 
is out and that he's one of the only three dendro characters that are in the game and that are going to be in the game until the next patch um it's really exciting um to be able to use traveler and to have a lot of success to do a lot of damage right because dendro is really strong right now especially when you mix it with electro like i've been doing so my team has been dendro traveler uh Kale, only level 60 but doing doing great um and uh raiden the shogun and um kuki so as a healer and also electro applicator so uh basically i don't know if you know this kahi but they actually updated thundering fury as well the artifact set to include doing extra damage from aggravate and quicken um so like if you are able to get the enemies in the little dendro circle that kale and um traveler make and then you just have Kuki's circle on you and you use Raiden and you you know either use your ultimate or just have her uh elemental skill active you can just you just does so much damage so fast so it's really cool it's noticeable it's really it it's actually really is. nice to see yeah mm -hmm. and and you know there's dendro damage and electro damage and the dendro damage since i have the four piece dendro set on traveler uh lowers their enemy's dendro resistance by i think 15 percent, and so it's very very strong um very, very fast and then thundering fury increases the damage from the dendro reactions and uh, it's really cool um i also heard something about like kaching being really strong i haven't tried it myself yet um exactly but like my first five star and she's like really important to me and i feel like i haven't been able to use her as much and so i'm really happy that like i'm hearing that she's becoming um a lot stronger with the dendro element and so i'm really excited to test that out um, i think it's her another thing skill. Oh. Her, i think it's her skill that is now more especially with the new uh four piece art the four piece thundering set because dendro mm -hmm. is always on the character and your electro attacks interact with the skill for a little bit longer than that's just that one instance so you yeah. can use your skill like a couple of seconds earlier which means she could basically spam it and stay and keep her her sword with the electro the electro application because yeah. you it it wanes after a while but if she's constantly interacting with the dendro element the moment like she stops becoming you know infused with electro you can use her skill again that's so so now she can just be yeah. full-on electro build physical kaching is no longer a thing now because she can just stay electro yeah and like um basically when you apply dendro you want to like get of course there's an there's the what's it called the universal cooldown uh, for your elemental reactions. So if you don't know about this, um, you know you can't do elemental reactions as many times as you want within like one second, for example. Even if I hit an enemy 10 times in one second, it doesn't work because the game has like a, a locked cooldown. They, they um, like say, will definitely not have an elemental reaction happen uh, for most attacks within a certain amount of time. And um, some attacks like Kale's uh, um, boomerang, they actually, it doesn't apply to that for some reason like some moves just they don't apply to that but um in the case of dendro it does apply but you basically want to um you basically want to cause as many reactions as you can before the dendro fades and kaching is the best one for that because she can like kahi said um have 100 percent uptime more or less or like 99 percent uptime on her electro normal attacks and so she can just constantly in the middle of like all the dendro just keep attacking with electro 
Uh, and on top of that, if I have Kuki's Ring or, or doing whatever I want with electro, electro damage, it does a lot of damage really fast, a lot of elemental uh, reactions. And it's really, really cool. Um, one thing I wanted to say also was that like the green color of the dendro, super nice. I really like the green. Um, very rich, very vivid. Right? It's very nice to see. Um, it obviously goes with the background, which is interesting because even though it's green on green, like it's really easy to see. Um, but I, you know, I've been using Electro a lot since Inazuma, and it's the purple is kind of hard to look at, especially when you're playing at night. It's so bright. Um, but and they and I know that they dimmed a lot of Electro this patch. Like they dimmed um, like Raiden's uh, elemental skill, like on your back. Like they they made it so it's not as bright because it was really. Um, you know, not good for your eyes if you look at it too much. But now that they've dimmed it and then they bring in Dendro, it's a really nice treat for the eyes to see. And I love seeing the green, purple, green, purple, green, purple. So, yeah, Dendro has been really fun. I'm really, really excited to see where it goes from now. It, it's funny that, like, uh, sometimes I think about, like, oh, yeah, Cryo doesn't work with Dendro. Um, but that means you can use Cryo with Hydro while using Dendro at the same time. So, like, you can actually do some really interesting comps that I've seen. Um, using those three elements, like a freeze comp with Dendro kind of thing, but, but yeah, well, uh, we'll see what people figure out with the with the element, how it works, and um, what fun teams they'll be, especially when we get new characters, right? Um, really, really looking to forward to making a Hydro team with Dendro using my child and uh, my Tartaglia, and possibly I'm really excited for Candice, like a new Hydro um, polearm character that's coming out soon. Um, so, you know, we'll see how that goes. Of course, Nilo is coming out as well, right? And, um, yeah, so those are, I think, our Dendro element impressions. Uh, you know, how are you guys using the, the Dendro element? Like, is it fun for you? Um, let us know in the comments. Let us know on Twitter. Uh, definitely want to hear how your Sumeru and Dendro elements are going so far. So, so that's the first half of our podcast, basically. And uh, the second half... I want to talk about a different topic that is going on uh, in the community right now, which is the cultural representation in Genshin. So there's a lot of thoughts uh, around this topic. Uh, I think that we, you know, as people playing a video game, you know, and not the ones making it, um, and also just talking about greater media in general, you know, we're of course entitled to our opinions, but we're also, uh, we also have choice over uh, what we play, what media we consume, and, you know, how we want to play it. And, um, you know, I just want to our topic, our talk with, um, you know, these are our opinions. So uh, if you don't agree with them, that's cool. If you have your own opinions, that's cool too. Um, you know, we just want to share our thoughts on the subject um, as content creators who care about this game and the future of this game and the community as well. So, um, so Kahi, um, you know, this whole talk of like uh, cultural representation in Genshin, right? Um, the Middle East and Arabic countries that are like represented in Sumeru's uh, culture, right? Um, I have like really brought up this conversation of like, why are the characters' skin tones not darker? Why are they not more accurate to life cultures? that Sumeru is taking inspiration from um, in a similar way that uh, 
like Li Wei takes inspiration from China, Inazuma takes inspiration from Japan, and Mondstadt takes inspiration from various European countries, but mainly Germany. Um, you know, how, how do we feel about the fact that in Sumeru, being represented by culture whose people, who in, in a culture whose people, there are many uh, darker-skinned people, um, where's the representation? So there's a lot of different opinions and feelings about, you know, what should be done or what could be done. And, you know, in the end, uh, it is up to Hoyoverse, the company, to decide whether or not they were going to listen to us or to, you know, put through their creative vision. Um, so in, in regards to this topic, Kahi, like, what are, what are your thoughts? So there's a thing called consistency, and it's applied to a lot of things. So people are saying that Candace's skin should be darker. To which I respond, why? Now, the why? Well, they say, oh, because the original inspiration of the person, the historical figure, it, it, it's supposed to be darker. And I'm like, there has been no document that has a painting or drawing of this person. Of, and Candace isn't even her real name. It's, it's Kandake. And it, this Candace is the Latinized version of it. So, like for people who are learning that culture from the West to pronounce it, they pronounce it Candace. So, so if you want to be consistent, you calling her Candace is technically racist. But I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to call you that because I understand we're just trying to make an interpretation. You can have a person and a character called Candace. And I'm not going to be looking for the root original first person in the entire history of mankind called Candace and compare it to that. Because I'm not, I would have to do that for every character. I do not have the time to do that for every character. You present me with a character, I will look at it, and if it looks cool, I'll say it looks cool. I like Candace's, you know, character model. Now, for those of you who haven't really gotten the chance to see it, They've already released their official art. You've probably you most likely have seen it by this point. The skin's fine. And here's why it doesn't, I feel it doesn't need to be changed. So I did I looked up two two lists. Um Josh, did you get to did you get to look at the the links yet about the all the people in it? Uh yeah. Or did you just okay? So first one, uh, Forbes Middle East. This is Forbes now. It's a really, really big company. They have a list, the top 100 Arab celebrities want for anyone who wants to, you know, familiarize themselves with more people in Arabic culture, Middle Eastern culture, and just really see what they look like. Because I feel like not a lot of people are exposed to a lot of the people there. The top 100 Arab celebrities open up that the link and then open up Candace's official art picture and just have it side by side and just scroll through the list. 90% of those people have the same skin tone as Candace. Some of them are even lighter than Candace. That's one list. Now I was talking a step further. Okay. Let me try to narrow it down a little bit to specifically the Arabic Middle Eastern female models that exist today a more modern list so we have styles at life hottest middle eastern arabic female models scroll through that list 
and have Candace's picture on the side. They have the same skin tone. Less than a handful are slightly darker. So here's here's the thing about obsessing over skin tone. Are you if you're saying Candace should be darker, are you telling me that every one of these other celebrities need to be darker for you to acknowledge them as from that area? No, the logic is inconsistent. Because if it was, if you really cared about that, you'd look at Inazuma. Previously, we were in Inazuma. A lot of them are more tan. They're not. Like, Josh, do you, you probably would you would say like there's a lot of people in Japan that have a little bit more fair skin, right? There's a lot of more light colored skin there, right? That's that's not you know. Oh, wild I mean, Japanese people are. are super light colored skinned. Yeah. So if if you're mad at this, you have to be mad at everything else. But they're not mad at that because they don't actually care about that. They don't care about consistency. They have a mental image that they want to project onto this particular character. They don't like lighter skin they want darker skin if i had to just put my hand down and say i am going to say this and i will not talk about this anymore candace's model is fine it is consistent with what people from that region look like if people are still mad about it i don't know what to tell them i like her character i'm probably going to roll for her and probably going to see six her just for the hell of it but that's my thoughts on the matter i like the character i don't care if anyone else doesn't for whatever reason that's just me okay so uh, hold on okay so okay so thanks for sharing your thoughts i mean like that's like you know you said your opinion um in and you know i think that this you know when i as i bring up my opinion on this subject i think there's a lot of different things to consider and you know for me I'm the kind of person that um, likes accuracy in representation but there's also times where um, especially when it comes to fantasy um, that the fantasy element of it is up to the the person or the people in charge of creating the vision for the the creative project or whatever it is right like if it's a movie or a game or whatever you know it's it's a fantasy project, so it's not necessarily meant to be based on real life, or at least maybe only to a certain extent, and the, to what extent the creative director has the decision to make. So, you know, maybe they want to take some things from, you know, real life cultures to represent that culture in a way, but maybe they're not saying that this is those cultures, right? This is not the culture from this place, you know, it's only just like in a lot of other fantasy things and things like not in Genshin, for example, um, that people are usually totally fine with um, that are in this game. And, you know, like a couple of things I want to say, uh, I, I did a couple of research. I did a little bit of research um, looking at some other content creators and how they respond to this issue or like how they um, choose to explain their opinion on it. And there's a couple of key points I want to make. Um, so one of them is, you know, whether it's racist or culturally ignorant, right? Like those two things are going to be, um, you know, I don't, I can't, this is not something we can necessarily answer a hundred percent correctly because we don't know the Hoyoverse team. We don't know the people. We don't know what experiences they have. 
Um, but you know, knowing that there's people from China and that the information there is very heavily uh, filtered, that it could be um, as a result of their culture, like cultural ignorance for these cultures that they're supposedly taking inspiration from. Right? I'm not saying that this is an excuse for it to be okay. I'm just saying that could have been part of what happened. Right? I don't. I don't personally believe that uh, this that Hoyaverse is purposely doing this to m misrepresent the culture. Like that's not their goal. I, I don't believe that. Um, second thing is that this is just something I want to mention in, in person. I, I, I this is something I personally want to mention um, that has to do with all of Genshin and all of everything that has to do with. Uh, names like kind of what can, like you were saying, Kahi, like uh, saying like Candice versus Kandake or, or whatever her original name is. Um, I think that pronouncing names and people who get angry at other people for pronouncing names incorrectly, I think that that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, so like because I live in Japan and if I tell someone my name, they literally can't pronounce it right. There's no sounds in their language that can pronounce my name correctly. Um, and, and even if there is, it's maybe unnatural for them sometimes. So, you know, that's, for example, the same reason why, why if you go to Japan and you say, Hey, do you want to get some McDonald's and McDonald's is an American company that, uh, is pronounced that way. And if you go to other countries, maybe they'll sell, they'll say McDonald's in their own language and it'll sound like McDonald's. But if you say it in Japan, because of the way their language works, they have to say, Makudonarudo. There's no McDonald's. So, you know, if you're going to tell Japanese people you're saying it wrong, say McDonald's. And you, you try to force them to say it the way that we are used to saying it or the way that it was originally conceived to be said. I think it just doesn't work across different languages, right? Maybe across some it works, but not across all of them, especially not the, the Asian languages, right? Like um, the, the, the big three, the China, um, Japan, and Korea, but also in all the other, a lot of the other ones too, like Taiwan and, and Vietnam and, um, you know, in even Indonesia, Malaysia, like there's so many uh, countries where just their language alone makes it not able to say uh, a name or uh, a concept. Like there's just no way to, to translate it properly. So, you know, if you, you know, if you're getting angry at someone for not saying Tignari prop properly or, or you know, they're saying Tainari instead because that's how they would read that in English using sounds found in English, then I think that that's unnecessary. <laughs> I don't think you should get mad at someone for that. Like, that's just my opinion because um, there's way more to it than trying to say it the original way that it was meant to be said. It's very hard for Americans to pronounce Arabic syllables. It's very difficult. Consonants, syllables, vowels, you name it. It's difficult. So I don't expect everybody to pronounce it right if you want to try go for it you know that's more power to you but you can't get angry at people for not being able to speak not their language basically i think that's how i feel about the names and same with the leeway pronunciations of names too you know hoyaverse gets the names incorrect um is what a lot of people say like even the actors themselves get their names correct uh, incorrect uh based off the official chinese pronunciation or whatever it's in English, so there's multiple interpretations of it. In Chinese, there's only one way to say it, but in English, there's might be different ways depending on how the language itself works in the name itself with the letters and the vowels. So I wouldn't, you know, think too hard about it is what I'd like to say. So, Can you imagine uh, just, 
Like, like mm-hmm. if if we're acting like this or about a name pronunciation, can you imagine how they must feel hearing us try to pronounce their names? <laughs> yeah, whole, exactly. Like, the whole region of the game is off theirs. That's off their culture. Like, how do you think they're reacting to us? I would, I would hope that they're not too pissed off. But you know, right. uh, just I mean, I like, mean, the other like thing is that earlier, we're we're taking yeah, they're yeah. taking inspiration, right? Like from mm-hmm. these places. It's not, it's not like we're playing Genshin and Genshin is happening in Saudi Arabia. It's not happening in Egypt. It's happening in a made-up world that takes elements from those cultures to represent the worldliness of our world, but in a fantasy game. There's no, there's, there's no like this is not Egyptian. It's incorrect. Like that, this, this is not Chinese. It's incorrect because it's a made-up world. So it's not uh, Earth. Everything is incorrect. Yeah, it's not Earth. Yeah, <laughs> they can decide whatever they want. They can literally make it up, right? Um, and like you know, I heard from like another content creator, and they said like, well, um, you know, why is their fantasy world all white people or like all light-skinned people, right? And and so that's where I had a different. Uh, angle to the conversation where you know as being made uh, by a chinese company um in asia if for those of you that don't know pale skin is actually a beauty standard like uh has a long history of being a beauty standard like pale skin is beautiful and one of the main reasons for that is because especially in asia but i mean i think this technically applies in a lot of places if you were poor then you would or if you didn't have money then you would have to usually do manual labor. And then because of that, you would become really tan. And uh, no matter where you're from, right? Like, I mean, maybe if your skin is super dark, um, you don't get much darker. But in a lot of these like Euro, European countries, Asian countries, you know, their skin is relatively light. And so if they're outside working, they get really dark and they're always dark. Um, that doesn't mean they're brown. They're not changing race or anything, but that's just how they were perceived. And if you have pale skin, um, it means you never were outside. You don't work. You're rich. You have money. You have status. And uh, so light skin has always been seen as like a thing of beauty, as like a something to, uh, you know, pine after. It's like a goal almost to, to be light skinned in Asia, especially. And I think that that whether subconsciously or not, like gets through a lot of this game. And so they do things like they, they make Xinyan or Kaya and make them purposely like more tan skin. But, you know, people are complaining about how tan they are, right? Like I think that's where a big problem for me is or it's like you just want them to be like accurate to real life people at really dark skin. Like, I mean, that's fine if they do that, but... It's you know it depends on their vision for the game or whatever and maybe in the future they will but maybe they won't and that's where you know in the end you know it comes down to um, the, like what the company wants to do it's a video game um, you don't have to play it and if you you know really care about this issue you can you know you can you can say and voice your opinion but it's not like something you can force someone to care about, especially people that play this game. Because it can push people away if you do that, if you're aggressive and toxic about, you know, what you feel is right. That can actually damage the community, you know? I believe, like, if you don't really care, it's not worth it um, to to complain and just to hop on the train of complaining. You know, the people who really do care, the people who are represented by these cultures, let them complain, and maybe Hoyaverse will do something about it. 
But you know, forcing people to think a certain way um, when they don't actually care or they don't, you know, want to think about it, for example, um, I think it can only end up hurting us in the end. And there's so many things I would love to say about this. Um, I maybe do may, might do a write up of it in the future, but um, you know, I I think that it would be great if it, if they could you know, diversify some of the things like body type and skin tone in, in Genshin. That'd be cool. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's a, it's a creative work and they have the creative freedom to do it. And, um, you know, it does affect a lot of people. Um, some people feel that they have like a, as a, as a company that impacts a lot of people, they have a social responsibility to do something like this. But I think that um, the biggest thing about this is that, you know, going like, Going around in the community and, and bad talking other people for how they feel and their opinion about this is not is not the best way to 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 go about this situation or to fix the situation. I think that it just causes more discourse in the community. And the real people you should be talking to is Hoyverse. You should be emailing them, messaging them, writing videos, addressing them, and not the people in the community because the people in the community aren't the ones who make this decision. The people in the community are only the people that get to decide, I want to play this game or I don't want to play this game. And you can choose. You can boycott, you can play it, you can not play it. But but don't, you know, don't half play it. Don't say, uh, I'm going to not buy, spend money in Primo Gems, but I'm going to still play Genshin. That doesn't really make sense. So if you really care, if you really want to not support this game because they don't agree with your, you know, your opinion or you believe that they should change something about it, you don't have to play it at all. But if you keep playing it, you're supporting them. So... You know, there's a lot of different ways people can go about it, and um, you know, I, I would love to, I like to voice that yes, I would like it to change, but I'm still going to support the game, um, with the hopes that you know it will get better in the future, and that I enjoy the game and the the world that they've created. So I'm going to keep playing it. Um, but you know, this is my opinion. So Kahi, you have a final thoughts before we move on. It's a game, first and foremost. If I don't like the game, if I don't like something about the game, I'm gonna stop. For anyone who's trying to make a make a splash or trying to make a make a point, you this is a big company. You can make a tweet all you want. It doesn't matter how many likes you get. If it doesn't, if they don't see a, if they don't see a business incentive to make a change to the game, they're not gonna do it. So here here's how you can actually make a change. Stop spending money. Become that statistic to them if they make a if they make a move and they say they see hundreds of thousands of people not inclined to spend money on their game yeah that sounds a lot more than an angry rant on twitter you either put up or shut up if you are going to have a standard have the standard and apply it equally to everything don't 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 but Kahi, so, it's not it's not just yeah. about spending money. They shouldn't mm -hmm. play the game at all if they don't want to support it. Like if you yeah. play the game and support Do it, it's too. like it's like was mm -hmm. the example that I, I heard was like, like I hate um, alcohol, go, but I'm go drinking to, it. It's like uh, going <laughs> to McDonald's and saying like, um, I'm not gonna ever buy a meal from McDonald's, but then you go in there and get free samples and everybody sees you go get free samples and then they, they hear you say, Yeah, but I'm not buying anything from them, so it's different. You know, it's like it's not like the same thing. Like, That's what we want. Yeah, exactly. Like you either believe it or you don't. Advocate, yes, believe it. Don't just say things that will get you likes on Twitter. So, like what I said earlier, if you're really hyper-concerned about accuracy for like the look of a character, why weren't you upset when all the other characters weren't white enough? Because all of their regions, even Monstat, 
you know, how I said Monch stat, not stat. It's it's the sh, but <laughs> that's beside the point. Uh-huh. You know, if you're cons- if you're concerned about consistency, be consistent. Have a standard. Apply the standard. And if you pick and choose when to apply it, now we can narrow down the problem to maybe around your sphere. So, just if you're gonna be mad, be mad about the right things. Don't pick and choose because if some part somewhere down the road something makes you think oh maybe i shouldn't apply this standard to this ask yourself why you're not applying it you'll learn something about yourself so that's okay that's well, what i'm gonna yeah with. so so i mean in the end it's your choice um and you can you know choose to be an advocate for it but you know me and kahi we do love this game and the work that they have put into it um, yes, I, I do wish everybody was able to be happy with it, but I think it's very difficult for everybody to be happy with anything. So, you know, if you don't like it, then you don't have to play it. But at the same time, um, there is, you know, we can keep the discussion going. So, like, I don't mind discussing this topic, but I don't think that we should be, um, you know, talking bad about other people in our community who, who are only really talking about it, supposedly, because they also love the game. So, yeah, and they I just want to, you know, be represented. So, Right. Um, you know, I don't, I don't mind the discussion. If you want to tweet at us, you know, that's fine too. Like, you know, I want, I would be open to discussion, but, um, you know, this, these are just our two cents on this discussion. Um, you know, we, we love the game. We're going to keep playing it. You know, we don't, we don't care about this issue enough to stop playing the game, but we, we definitely don't not care that there are people who do want to see representation. Like, I understand that. So, uh, you know, that being said, like that's kind of we don't want to go too long. We could probably talk a really long time about this, but we don't want to drag on. Like I said, if we want to have a an actual discussion, like a back and forth, you know, listen, respond discussion, feel free to message us um, because you know I you know we're only two people and we have our own experiences, and neither of us is from the region in question specifically. Um, I'm half Filipino, so I'm brown and I'm Asian, but I'm not like. You know, I'm not bothered necessarily by the, you know, lack of supposedly brown representation. Like, I think Kaya and Shin Yen could and Candace could stand to be a little bit darker, but I'm fine with the fact that they are darker at all. Like, that already is like a, a big deal to me, and in, in, in all honesty. So, you know, if I wanted to play a game that had real people representing real people, I'd probably play a different game. But this is Genshin, it's a fancy game. So I think I'm okay with it, at least for now. So, you know, that's our thoughts on cultural representation in Genshin. That being said, let's move on to our community question discussion at the very end um, and uh, close out the podcast after that. So last week we asked you, if you could play through the whole game from the perspective of any playable character, who would you play as and how would the story be different? So Kahi, uh, we didn't hear answers last week. So Kahi, who would you play as and how would the story be different? This is, it started off as a joke answer, but the more I thought about it, I thought, you know what? This actually would be pretty interesting. So I thought it should be pretty funny. Um, Klee. Imagine seeing the world through the eyes of Klee. Like everything is fun. Everything is just great. You're just going around blowing everything up. Not having a I'm like three foot five, like three foot yeah. five height. Clee, <laughs> yeah. the known terrorist in a game. <laughs> Is just going around having a grand old time. But you know what would be fun about this kind of adventure? Like, 
Klee would end up running into some really important other character, like an Archon. She would have no idea. She would just go up and talk like they're any other person. Like, you know, when you talk to someone, like, on a more, like, down-to-earth human level, like, taking away, like, status and power aside and just looking at the person in front of you and having a genuine conversation, that is cool. That is funny. Because from the perspective of Klee, like, from, and imagine, like, what was Klee doing when we first came to Tevat? Okay, she was probably running around Mondstadt somewhere. Or maybe what is she doing while we're in Sumeru? Is she in another part of Sumeru? We have no idea where she is. Did she cause another calamity somewhere? And is she more involved in the story there? And like, Did she cause the fire on the world tree? <laughs> is she the experiment in blasphemy? Who knows? Is she the actual pyro archon? Some people thought she was. But, Dude, that'd be so you fun. know, that would be, that'd be fun. That would actually be really oh, fun. By the way, that reminds me. Sorry, this is like, I know I'm going into your thing, but you said mm-hmm. Scarlet King, right? Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know where I heard this, but my friend said supposedly the, all, all the Archons uh, are female, except for... Um, that doesn't make What? That doesn't make sense. There's Zhongli and... Venti and Zhongli. So what happened there? Like everybody else is female. Also, there was a rumor know. that like it has to do with like Honkai, and it might be one of the characters from Honkai. Like the name is actually somewhere. So, hmm. Okay, we'll we'll revisit this when we get through more of the story. But uh, okay, that's I have no problem with like, that. Maybe she's maybe she's the pyro archon, and I, was I like, would love mm-hmm. it. I welcome yeah, it, but, of course. I would love that. Scarlet Queen would be great. But you know, if yeah, Scarlet Queen. <laughs> so like, from I mean, if I had to pick a character to just like see what the story looks like from their perspective i'd probably choose Klee. that'd be funny okay cool yeah so Klee is uh, of course one of the more interesting characters plus like her mom alice would be involved and albedo would be involved it'd be pretty interesting i think so you know Klee, very interesting answer um so for me i would pick eula because i love eula i love her character and her backstory and her like she's pretty kind of like sundere also so like her like whole like you know, getting revenge on everybody kind of like shtick is uh, is really funny, and I think it'd be really interesting to see how she like has normal conversations with people. It might get tiring after a while, but I think it'd be uh, pretty interesting to see like how she, as a member of the Knights of Favonius, um, like interacts with everybody else, and uh, what kind of missions she goes on, and how those go, and you know, if she does anything that involves dancing, I'd be really curious to see that as well. I could just imagine like a like a dance style mini game, like Persona 4 dancing kind of style mini game or something like that. Be really cool. Um, but yeah, Eula, I feel like a character we could hear more about um, as we go. I mean, we hopefully will, but I think she's like really integral to like Mondstadt history in a way. So yeah, Eula, I pick Eula. And um, as far as from the community, uh, we have some responses where. Muichiro Tokito said, probably one of the Archons because you would see the world grow instead of finding your sibling. Oh, yeah, that, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, uh, if you pick one of the Archons, yeah, you kind of have, they have a long lifespan. So actually, that's a really good point. Like, Archon is probably a really interesting choice. <clears throat> and um, Nathaniel said, Venti, because it's really chill, make, not making contracts or working. Yep. Freedom, right? Mini games all the time. <laughs> no quests, right. just mini games. Just all mini games, all all uh, music mini games. 
And uh, Pimzo Balto, hey Pimzo Balto, says, My favorite character is Cole, so I'd love to see the story from her perspective. I'll definitely triple crown her when I can. Yeah, Cole, I mean, she looks like she's going to be one of those like really integral to the main story characters. So I know we're going to get to know a lot about her. Um, she was also one of the main characters in the manga, if you, if you read that, the official one, um, or if you looked up the story. And um, uh, yeah, I'm also really curious to see what she will, uh, you know, what, what, what role she'll play in the story. But up until now, there's a lot has happened, and I think it'd be really cool to play through in her perspective as well. So, so yeah, so those are the responses that we got for the community question that I've seen. Thank you guys so much for answering. Of course, um, you know, we love to hear you, your thoughts, your favorite characters, all these things. So let us know your answer to the new community question, which is what is the most interesting thing you found while exploring Sumeru? Could be anything. Let us know. We will answer you with ours next week as well. You know, by the time, uh, by that, by this time, you'll probably have already been exploring Sumeru for over a week. So uh, let us know what the most interesting thing you found is. Anyway, that wraps up the show for today. Thanks for listening. Leave us a comment and review. If you leave a five-star review in the form of a question, we may answer on the next episode of the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening for more Genshin Guys podcast content. Follow us on Twitter, once again, at Genshin Guys Pod. Um, and add Astra Abyssosk. Enjoy.